So, yeah, there, there are aspects of international law that deal with war crimes, um, things that are, that are considered uh, outside the Geneva Convention uh, if you're a signatory to it. So, like, things, uh, res- for example, respect for prisoners of war or civilians or um, how you treat people who are not in uniform who are fighting for the other side. Uh, so, for example, if you fight as a combatant on the battlefield and you take off your uniform and try to look specifically as a civilian, you're not covered by the Geneva Convention. Um, so there, there's a whole long list of different things, and, and clearly things that we see uh, that have been posted online, for example, uh, that Russians have done with the civilian population, like targeting the civilian population using white phosphorus um, against civilian populations, uh, how they've treated captured Ukrainian soldiers, um, those, those would clearly constitute war crimes. So, Carl, and there's, there's a lot of evidence that's being collected right now, and so the question is, okay, what, what's done with that? That's, that's really the big question, what gets done with this at the end of the day. Yeah, that's exactly my next question, Carl, so why don't you go there? We, we talk about war crimes, and it, it, it's becoming more and more obvious that Russia, Putin, has crossed that line in a couple of different ways, many ways, I might add. So what is done with that evidence at this point? Uh, how do you attach these war crimes to Vladimir Putin? Well, that's that's really extremely difficult to do. It's one thing to be able to take individual Russian soldiers who can be um, taken to prison, put on trial, uh, and then you know you you adjudicate the case, decide whether this person's committed war crimes or not, and then you you go from there. Um, that can be done either within Ukraine itself, or it can be done internationally um, at the International Court of Justice in, in The Hague in, in the Netherlands. Um, and that, that kind of thing has been done before. Um, we've certainly seen it with um, people who committed war crimes during the Balkan Wars, for example. Uh, now, when it comes to a leader like Vladimir Putin, uh, that, that becomes much more difficult. And, 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 and it's important, too, he's a leader of a very powerful country. Uh, the chances of him being arrested, you know, taken to The Hague, put on trial for war crimes is very, very small. Uh, I'd be shocked beyond words if it ever happened, because uh, obviously the Russians aren't going to give him up unless there's some kind of a, of a coup, and, and, and it's such that the, the new people who are in charge say, hey, we're going to hand you over Vladimir Putin to the to the Hague, as it's called, that International Criminal Court. Um, and, and even grabbing him outside of the country, some people think, well, you can issue a warrant and then you can grab him if he ever travels abroad. Um, you know, that just happens so infrequently with anybody who's a leader of a country. Um, it's just kind of an unspoken thing. that You don't, you don't really grab the leaders of, of countries who... Uh, may be accused of these things. So as much as a lot of us, myself included, would love to see Vladimir Putin stand trial for the crimes he's committed against Ukrainians, 
uh, it's just very, very unlikely to happen. With us is Dr. Carl Kaufenthaler with the University of Akron Center for Intelligence and Security Studies, professor of political science. So, Carl, how about the history of war crimes? And if it's very tough to prosecute and carry through, why are they in place and how are they been implemented throughout the history of war? So I, I think the modern sense of war crimes and how they've been dealt with in a legal sense really starts with the end of World War II, the Nuremberg trials, the Tokyo trials uh, that were meant to try the, the Nazis and the, the Japanese who had been at the leadership of those countries who had um, committed unspeakable atrocities during the war. And those trials uh, were, were a, a very specific set of circumstances because Nazi Germany was defeated and occupied, and the same went for Japan. So the Allies were able to capture these, these people who were accused of war crimes, put them on trial, uh, and get a lot of cooperation internationally. I mean, who was going to stand on the, in the corner for the Nazis or for the, the Japanese war criminals and say, hey, you can't do this? I'm sure there are, there are people in Germany who grumbled about it or people in Japan who grumbled about it, but there wasn't going to be an international coalition that was going to come and stand up for that. So the, the world now is a much more complicated place. Uh, you know, the, there are people who will stand up and say, hey, you can't take Putin, or there are people who are going to stand up and say you can't take such and such person um, because it's, it's just wrong. A lot, of, a lot of countries don't even recognize the legitimacy of the court, and, and one of the countries that, that doesn't cooperate with the International Criminal Court is the United States. Um, we, we will not send people there. Um, even if our people get accused, they will not be sent there. So there's, there's less legitimacy for the process now because we live in a much more divided world. It's not black and white as it was at the end of World War II. Um, and so the number of people who've gone to the International Criminal Court um, is, is small, if you think about the number of people who've been accused of war crimes. And uh, we're, we're just very unlikely to see a repeat of kind of a Nuremberg scenario where, where Nazi war criminals get put on trial. Um, you know, the same kind of scenario with Russians being put on trial for those crimes. Carl, let me ask you this, and, and you've lectured, you've written, you've studied certainly war intelligence uh, for most of your professional life. When you look at what is going on right now with Russia mm -hmm. being led by Vladimir Putin into the Ukraine, how concerned and how dangerous is this situation? Uh, I am very concerned about it, and I think it's a very dangerous situation. We haven't seen a major war like this for a very long time. And it's also been, I mean, particularly in Europe, that you think that you see something as destabilizing as this war. And then you see the behavior of the Russian forces once they got into Ukraine. This, this, is, this is something that is extremely worrying, one, because uh, the, the knock-on effects are global. If you think about 
the prices of energy, if you think about the prices of food, if you think about the refugees that have come out of Ukraine. Um, but I think the most destabilizing, dangerous aspect of this is what seems like the real threat of, of the use of nuclear weapons. Uh, you, you, you hear the Russian leadership say, we're not bluffing, we will really will use nuclear weapons. Uh, I still think most analysts, myself included, think that's a bluff, because if you go down that route, that opens up all kinds of potentially very, very negative consequences for Russia, political isolation globally, um, economic isolation, things like that. But still, Putin is backed into a corner, and he, he's clearly a very dangerous individual. If he's willing to take the, the routes that he's taken so far, invade Ukraine, mobilize all these people, potentially put his own regime at, at risk by mobilizing the people that he's doing. Uh, th this is a person who has gambled. He gambled wrong. He's now backed into a corner. He's a very dangerous individual. So, you know, to, to get back to the bottom line answer to your question, this is a very, very concerning scenario, and I'm not sure where this really goes. Um, this is a difficult one to kind of look in a crystal ball and say, okay, a year from now, where are we going to be? Uh, you know, the Russians are not doing well, but Vladimir Putin's the kind of person that doesn't just back down and say, okay, uh, no, we tried, didn't work, let's go home.